I've got a question for you. Do you ever wonder if you sound like you're bragging? Here's an even better question. Is bragging a bad thing? Is it always a bad thing? Over the course of this episode, you're going to hear from an expert in bragging, Lisa Bragg. Yes, her last name is Bragg. Lisa encourages us to think about bragging just a little bit differently. In my conversation with Lisa, we talk bragging, self-promotion, self-aggrandizing, and yes, of course, we're going to talk about your personal brand. Are you ready? Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 105, where we're focusing on bragging, self-promotion, and your personal brand. Let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk, and I'm your communication coach. Are you an ambitious executive? Do you have a growth mindset? Are you looking to advance your career? Well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like confidence, demonstrating leadership, and yes, personal branding. If you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find tons of resources to help you, including the new online course on personal branding, as well as one-on-one coaching, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and the free weekly communication skills newsletter. Please go sign up for that newsletter if you haven't already. You can think of it as free communication skills coaching, and you can find all of this at talkabouttalk.com. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with Lisa Bragg, where we discuss what bragging is, how it differs from, say, self-aggrandizing, and how to tell if you're going off the deep end in terms of bragging. As always, you don't need to take notes because I do that for you. Just keep doing whatever you're doing, whether you're doing housework or working in your kitchen, whether you're going for a walk or whether you're in your car. You don't need to stop to take notes because I do that for you. At the end of this episode, I provide a summary with some of the most important points from our conversation. I'm also going to add my own two cents in terms of some tips for how you can share your achievements and the things that you're really proud of without sounding like you're bragging. Okay, let me introduce Lisa Bragg. Living with the name Bragg, Lisa has had to master the art and the science of self-promotion. She's witnessed when being too humble has cost international deals, and also when bragging rights have unlocked opportunities leading to untold fortunes. Lisa helps high achievers of all sorts to be seen, heard, and share their value with the world. She delivers keynotes and workshops to international audiences, and her book called Bragging Rights will be released in 2023. Lisa is the award-winning entrepreneur behind MediaFace, one of Canada's first content companies. She's also a former broadcast journalist. Lisa's also involved with several charities, and she's a long-term member of many organizations supporting leadership, including WPO, or the Women's Presidents Association, SHEO, and WBE. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us here today to talk about bragging, self-promotion, and your personal brand. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Let's start with the obvious. I'm really curious to hear about your name and how your name relates to your fascination with 
bragging. Yeah. You know, it's my childhood name. It's my maiden name. So I grew up with it and didn't really realize it was a name that stood out until I was about 13, 14 years old. And yeah. people would say, oh, what are you, well, you're bragging about something and you're bragging. And I'd be like, what, what are they saying? What do they mean by that? And it wasn't always said with the best intentions or shouldn't you brag about that? But there's often a tone about it. So it got me really curious young. So it's, it's a little bit polarizing. So it's interesting to see. So then started studying it. And that's where it's led me to today. So do you think that our name affects us? I mean, obviously, in your case, it did, but generally? I think it does. I think it does influence, you know, if, especially if you have a tough name that people then will lean in a different way and you'll notice different attention if they're trying to get it or they ignore how to properly pronounce your name. Growing up, I had a, a friend named Mew Lee and her name was Mew Mew and she changed it. So uh, imagine being new to Canada and your name in grade three is Mew. And, you know, so yeah, right away tough. it was something on her as first of all, being a brand new Canadian. So then she changed it to Monica and I was really upset that she changed her name because I thought her name was so beautiful mm. on its own, but you have to go through your own journey. So these names that we put on our children, I do think it does influence who they are and who they'll become. It's like another thing that you carry with you. I think that's why we see people change their name. They want to change something about them. Does it last by just changing your name? I right. don't know. I think it's like it goes with you no matter what if you've had that oh. name for so long. So wow, yeah. this is another Mew. episode. Lisa. <laughs> Shout out to Mew Mew Lee. So yeah. whatever her name is today. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have to just add two things. One is that I heard when I was choosing names for my children. This is an opportunity to do them a great favor or a big disservice. So <sighs> try to do them a favor, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, uh, my maiden name is Campbell. Nice and, and easy. Yeah, really. Us, think for so. Us, for yeah, most, most, yeah, for us, most of us. Yeah, yeah some and of I us. Yeah. Changed it to my husband's name, Voynitsky, and it's like wow. So I have this lens of what it was like to have the easy name and now have the more challenging name for many people to pronounce and spell. And yeah, so yeah, let's let's get going with the with bragging. So. Definition. What is bragging? Yeah. So I go back to what bragging when it originally landed in the world and they cannot find what language it's actually, mm. actually from. So there's some thoughts that it's Scandinavian, maybe it's Italian, maybe it's French, because it doesn't actually fit into what we know as English today properly. Mm. And so it's confusing, but they find it in old poetry in different places. And what it really meant was uh, shine and shimmer. But then it also added with pride. And nowadays, a lot of people do. There's different, when you talk to people and ask for the definition and look at different dictionaries, there is a, a range of how people define it. So some people define it as talking about yourself and that you're putting down others and you're talking with too much pride and it's a judgment piece. And yeah. other people though say it's talking about your success. And so I talk about it as talking about your success. And that's where I think it really lands is that, and when you look at what bragging rights is, that's talking about your success. It's not that put down, it's not that, but it's the raw, raw that we have when we talk about something that we're successful. But I never want it to be a put down or anyone else to feel bad because we're talking about our success. So I define it as a good thing. Yeah. So I'm one of the people who, to be honest, would have thought bragging is inflating and unnecessarily drawing attention to your own accomplishments or credentials or whatever they are, right? Yeah, I do think that's one of the definitions. Yeah. yeah. And then self-promotion is probably the same thing. Self-enhancement, maybe you're getting a little bit away from that. It's being seen as favorable, so it's positive as opposed to negative. So how does bragging 
in your work differ from these other terms? Yeah, I think one of the first things to know is that what I've discovered is that bragging is really in the ear and the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. So if you are in your own home and you're with your own things, is that bragging? It's when somebody looks in and sees, oh, you have a beautiful house or you have a nice car. And then people will think that that's you showing off. And so when does it become just here's who I am and my success versus showing off? And so that's where it's really often bragging is not so much talking about our successes is bragging. But if we are thinking of it in a negative way, well, when does it become, it's always then on the person who's listening. Mm. So then I feel upset that you're talking about yourself. I feel less than because you're talking about yourself or doing self-promotion. So there's a really interesting framing of who's listening to it and who's who's the person who's putting it out there in the world. So it, it you have to it's bragging is in the ear and the eye of the beholder when you think of it in the negative way. Yeah. So but to get to your initial question about bragging and self-promotion. So I define bragging as really talking about our successes and it's much more of the strategy piece. It's like the way up here it's how we feel. It's how we think about things. And then the self-promotion is the execution of it, so the mm. tactics. And so often we just go to self-promotion without really doing the great big thinking of where we want to go in the future. I always talk about we always market to where we want to go, not to where we've been, which which is reputation comes into the mix of what I talk yeah. about. So reputation, bragging, self-promotion, and personal brand. And so our reputation is the past, but where do we want to go is part of our personal brand. And self-promotion is the amplification of it. And it's exactly... Everyone in the audience wants to do a video, we want to do a podcast, we want to do a LinkedIn post, we want to do all those fun things that will get the eyes, mm. but it's really all of that thinking work that makes the difference. It's that, you know, I think it's Oprah, who we always have to reference in at least one podcast a yeah. day, but it's like that we have to, she's like, you know, I do 95% of the hard work behind the scenes and you only see 5%. And so that's what all the work is. So the self-promotion is the amplification after you've thought about the bragging and, and it. so we're, we are out talking about our successes and self-promotion will then amplify it for you. Oh my goodness. So the listeners can't see the look on my face, but I have a massive smile on my face because, you know, Lisa, you're speaking my language using different words, which is, I think, really fantastic, to be honest. But one of the things that I strongly believe in when I'm working with my clients on their personal brands is that before you start talking about it, before you start communicating it, you need to articulate it. So I always say there's two steps. One, is articulate or create your personal brand, and two, is communicating. Now Lisa's got the massive <laughs> smile on her face. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it, because so often, though, you know, somebody gets a new guru or a new thing pops up, so and everyone wants to be on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you going to say? And that's where you run out of content. You run out of ideas because mm -hmm. you haven't taken a step back to really think about, what do I want to project in the world? And it's always about, where do I want to go? And say, you know what, my body of work before doesn't really fit where I want to go. How do I figure this out? And with some thinking time and an expert, then you can figure out you know, how it ties in. Because there's always a red thread to everything we do. Yep. So even if you go from, yep. you know, being a plumber to an electrician, you would be able to figure that out. That yep. there is a tie yep. in the way you think, how your your values in the world, it all ties together. Yep. So absolutely. So in this framework where you have the two steps, or the two kind of meta steps of creating it and then communicating or self-promoting, 
Where exactly does bragging fit in is one question. And then the other question is, why do you think it has evolved from its, from what you told me and sort of a neutral etymology of the word to something that has become so negative, like stop bragging yeah. or he's bragging or she's bragging, right? It's definitely got a negative connotation. So. It definitely does. And I think it goes back to, so I'll take the second part of your question yeah. first. I think it goes back to, we were all part of you know, small communities or tribes back in the day. So we were all, and so our Nonas, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, everyone knew what we did. There was only one candlestick mm. maker. And so we didn't have to t- say, hey, I'm the best, you know, the world's best cup of coffee uh, on every corner. We didn't have to do that. So people would talk about us and we were all within proximity. So they knew the value I brought mm. and they could come to me and, you know, exchange that value. And then we moved into the factory system where it was very dangerous for us to stay our necks out. Like you really, you wanted that paycheck. Mm. And now we're moving out of that time. We've been moving out of, for, out of it for a long time, but we just haven't had the language and understanding. You can only look back to see where we've come from. But now we're in this knowledge-based, look yep. at us here, yep. peer-to-peer economy where it's less hierarchical, yep. we're less top-down, and mm. it's more about how do we exchange goods and services. Going back to where we were, where more and more, more, and more of us are piecemeal or project workers. Yep. So we've gone from- Really individual. Yes, we're right? back to individual. And I don't want anyone thinking, oh my goodness, that's so like, I don't want to say the name, but you know, that we've had somebody who's quite bombastic with his, you know, oh, don't say yeah, with his, <laughs> with his, but it's, that's an interesting study, being neutral, interesting study in itself. But, you know, when you're really loud and you really are, that's the, that word to define it is self-aggrandizing. Yes. And so we, it, that's a mouthful of a word yeah. that we don't say. And so what we really say when we're hearing somebody narcissistic, putting people down, um, you know, forgetting, people who are often really into self-aggrandizing don't have a sense of tomorrow or the past. They are living in the moment. And so self-aggrandizing does work in that moment when you only have this moment to think about. So that's where the self-aggrandizing um, happens. But that narcissistic, bombastic, all the negative things that you think with bragging, yep. it's actually that multi-syllabic word, self-aggrandizing. So yeah. it's a heavier yeah. word for people, but that's what we're really thinking about. Um, so now that we're in this peer-to-peer economy, knowledge-based, we do have to be somewhat individualistic poaching. Here's yeah. how I serve. Yeah. If I know how you serve, then I can say, well, you need to know this person right. here right? because you are the perfect person to serve them. And then when you come together, then you're making everything better for yeah. the next There's person. Synergies. So we're in service of each other by bragging. So it's that jump for people to say, here's what I'm good at. Let other people know. And then they'll say, ah, I know how to use you in this world now. Instead of hiding, I call it being a hidden gem. And so many of us, especially women, are so great at being hidden gems. Mm, Oh, my goodness. I am so in my happy place right now in this conversation. (laughs) So a couple things that you brought up. One is I've been using slightly different terminology to say some of the same things, which is we were firm-centric, and now we're becoming more individual-centric. And I don't know if you've observed the same thing in your work, but... When individual coaching clients come to me, one of the first things that they almost always, without exception, want to talk about and work on is the development of their personal brand. Mm -hmm. So articulating it and then communicating it. And then we develop a list of here's what we're going to do. And then we sometimes go back to their manager or the HR manager, whoever. And very often, I'd say half the time, personal branding gets taken off the list because they're seeing it as this person is serving the firm 
we're not paying for them to become more of an individual, right? And when I help, when I strategize with companies and talk about it too, that's the wrong way to think about it. And so when we look at it, we actually know that the brands of individuals get more attraction than the brands of companies. So we wanna see humans doing human, being doing humans. We wanna see humans being humans. Like that's what we want. We are attracted to the human experience. And so big brands, brands of any size, companies of any size, it doesn't get the play that uh, the people in your firm do. So by letting your people shine if they want to shine and giving them that freedom, it actually makes them more loyal to you and it builds your brand. I call it being in the halo. So it's a halo effect. I have these great people shining their light. Now I'm going to attract even more A players to my team because they can see that Rochelle works on my team and I know she's awesome. Look at the content she's putting out. I love her values and she's singing the praises of this company. I want to go work with Rochelle. Exactly. So I just had a conversation with my friend Andrew Jenkins, who's a social media expert, typically B2B, but he talks about how firms, for example, on LinkedIn can click a button that says notify all the employees at this company that we did this post. And then the ones who want to can further amplify it. That's kind of the most direct or explicit way of leveraging that halo. But then there's this like continuum maybe to the most implicit, which is you meet someone and they tell you that they work at a firm and they're a really cool person. And you're like, oh, the firm must be really cool then, right? That's kind of the implicit. Yeah, exactly. And the challenge though, that so many companies, they want to hold it. The communications team want to control it so tightly that they don't allow people to be their own individual person. And then that becomes a rift because where is the line now? It's like this nine to five world. Well, where is the line between that is part of the company and this is who I am. And I always tell people you need to, you know, get your brand out there, get talking about, you need to talk about yourself. I'm sure you say this too. Talk about yourself now and build your brand, build what you're talking about before you actually need to use it. Because we need to be making connections, you know, six months, a year, three years in advance before you you actually need somebody to help you strategically. So many people, if you're looking for a job, you'll think, oh, well, I better get on social media and let people know or fluff up my right. LinkedIn. Yes, now is always the best time to start. I, you know, it's like that, That you know, when is the best time to plant a tree 25 years ago yeah. or today? Yeah. So, but don't wait, get it going. And I think companies have a hard a conflict too, where mm-hmm. they also think their employees are going to take off because they've been fixing up their LinkedIn. Oh. No, it should be a matter of business to say, I want you to shine. Yeah. Let's help you shine. It's, yeah. it's almost a well-being package yeah. that, that, everyone should be able to shine. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that whole attitude that, oh, I just noticed that my direct report, you know, updated his or her LinkedIn, they must be leaving. That That's a little bit old school. Yeah. I mean, the, the clients that I'm working with, they're thinking of their LinkedIn profile as their interactive business card that they're sharing. And it's like this medium that they control and that they can direct people to when they meet them, right? So I... That's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. And I think it's that, you know, we're putting our ideas out there and you never know when the right fit is going to come along that another company might say, you know what, she does have a great idea. We should partner with that company. There's so many opportunities because of it, but the threat part of it, that's the scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think more and more we have to realize it's about abundance. Yep. We just have to show and articulate how we are 
different in the world or remarkable. Like it's hard to say, here's how I'm different, but how are you remarkable? I love and, that you know, word. Yeah, love remarkable. That word. Be, I need to use that word more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's really hard to say how I'm how am I unique? Yeah. You know, it that's hard. How am I different? Okay, here's a few more things. Yeah. But how am I remarkable? And taking that time to sit and think about you are remarkable mm -hmm. and you need to own that. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of what the bragging rights is and the book that I'm writing is thinking about how you are remarkable and how you want to show up. Mm -hmm. So it's that inventory of the things that you do and that you are awesome. So, cause we're all awesome. So remarkable is a fantastic word. The other word that you use that really piqued me, I actually wrote it down in front of me is self-aggrandizing. Mm. <laughs> so I, my last question before we get to the rapid fire questions is, how can we promote ourselves or brag without going over the deep end into sounding like we're self-aggrandizing? If you are worried at all about bragging, then you're not bragging. It's the people that mm. really, like, that are so far beyond that would never even catch themselves to say, ooh, I wonder if, if I'm going to get a reaction to this post, a negative reaction, or worry about it. Then you're probably already too self-aware that you're, you're hiding. So it's the people that are constantly saying, look at me, look at me. Those are the people that it becomes a problem. But it's also the easiest way to start is by amplifying someone else. Mm. Shine the light on someone else. You know what? You'd be surprised. Get a buddy, get a friend, and you know have her amplify with you. So trade things and get her to shine the light on you. You shine the light on her. I see it all the time. And I've studied certain people and I see that they're actually working in tandem or in groups and they help each other. So I'm not saying get some sort of chain mail thing going, but help each other. So when somebody posts something, when Andrea posts something, I am definitely going to be there liking it and commenting on it. Mm. So just getting out there and amplifying it. So I'm going to sneak in another question then before the five rapid fire questions, Lisa, because as, as you've been talking, I've been thinking about the research that I've certainly seen. Do you think that there's a difference in bragging between men and women? I definitely do. I've done my own research though. So I just want to point out that a lot of that research as good, as well intended as it is, yep. is based on a very small cohort of people that are so often it's mostly um, American universities yep. and based on a very small group of people. And so it's 20 year olds who are responding That's to these right. things. Yeah. But I do think we're ingrained as young women, especially because it's always about um, external validation. So we're always seeking this other validation when we need to start inside. It's that inside work. But we're always always looking for the external visual validation. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're also looking for, you know, it's the external validation, but we're also taught to be about the team and about the family in every case. And so giving it away is a gift. So give it to somebody else. Make sure someone else doesn't feel bad. We're, we're right. so heavy with empathy. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I don't want to make you feel bad because I'm bragging and bragging might make you feel bad. Right. So, because I'm talking about my successes. And so we get in this vicious cycle of yeah. our minds instead of where boys are often trained to be bold and to talk about it right in the moment and to get it out there and be boisterous. And so we so often internalize it and it's that whole thing where we don't say it in the moment. It's that, oh, I'm gonna wait a few more seconds. I'm gonna mm. wait, oh, the opportunity is not there. A lot of it is team sports too. 
in team sports, boys are taught to, you know, I gave it a hundred, I've interviewed my background's TV news, so many people in sports and they do have that. And bragging is really expected in right. sports. True. And with CEOs too, it's really expected for them to talk about their successes. Mm. And so we so often, it's, I gave it 115% and male and females will talk the same way because they really want to show that they have in thought about- In those contexts. In those contexts. Oh. But when you take it out to the general world, um, and through, I've, so I've done a research survey that to date has more than 300 people who've responded uh, internationally. So there's also a global context, a regional sure. um, context yep. to all this too. But it does, there's so many pieces of who you are that come into, does your family allow you to brag and talk about successes? And the one woman I interviewed for the book, and I know we're probably out of time, but she does a great and grateful with her kids. So talking about what the <gasps> language is of being great. So how are you great today? And then also how are you grateful? Wow, because we need to cool. balance it out. Mm -hmm. So put that out there. And that's from Emily, who's in, going to be in the book, but put it out there how great you are and then also how grateful. So that's a good balance to all of it, especially talking about it with our children, that they do need to signal how they mm -hmm. show up in the world. So. So I love how you turned to my question about is there a difference be between the genders and then you added there's, the answer is probably yes, but it's also there's an interaction effect with the context, like is it sports or is it a group versus an individual or even the country, right? Is it an individualistic or a collectivist country and, or, or culture? So yeah, yeah. wow. Okay. That's uh, all in my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will put a link to your book and to your website. I'll make sure so everybody can connect with you, whether they're listening to this episode before the book is published or after it's published, they'll be able to connect with you to find that. So thank you. Let's move on to the five rapid fire questions. Okay. Ready to go. First question is what are your pet peeves? Oh, um, I actually have a lot of them. I thought about this question, but one of them is uh, in Toronto where I live, there is so much construction all the time. And for some reason, the cladding or the hoarding goes right out to past the sidewalk. And so we end up walking in live lanes of traffic. And that just, just makes me so mad. But I'm one of those th people that I want to fix so many things. So I have, I actually have a lot of pet peeves. It's actually sad that I have so many of them, but um, I have been on an airplane where somebody has clipped their nails, <gasps> all the, <laughs> yeah. So all those kind of things. I don't know if, is that even a pet peeve? Cause that's just totally oh, that's disgusting. So. <laughs> that's just, yeah. So, um, that's a, a, that's a broadly shared pet peeve. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so a range of them, but that's, that's, that would be my big one. Okay. Second question. What type of learner are you? I am both visual and I'm an auditory, I'm a visual and I'm not so much kinesthetic, but I do read a lot. So I read a lot of books and I take a lot of notes through that. Mm. So, and then I also, being in broadcast news, very visual. So would have to go out and see the story visually and understand what that looks like and then marry it with a script. Hmm. So bringing it all together. So I think I've always been both, but a voracious reader. Okay, question number three, introvert or extrovert? Ambivert. I love collecting the energy from everyone else in the room and presenting and doing workshops and keynotes. And then I love to go back to my hotel room 
and close the door and breathe. And also I'm writing a book. So you have yeah. to be quite introverted if you want to actually write a book. You yeah. have to be able to go into your head and spend a lot of time in your sweatpants and hair up in a, in a messy bun. And just not that that's what an introvert means, but I mean, yeah. being alone with yeah. yourself and accepting yourself and going through the messy pieces of it and not having to have energy from everyone else. So, so that's where I really think I love both. Okay, question number four. <laughs> What's your communication preference for your personal conversations? Yeah, you know what? I think I just do everything. Again, it's like I'm all over the place with it. So I will text, I will do social media, I will call. I think I'm less about calling now. I've almost fallen into that whole thing where I have to text you before I call you. And I have one friend that will actually just pick up the phone and I'm always like, is everything okay? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So. I have that friend too. <laughs> hi, Heidi. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Hi, Laura. So it's like that thing where I'm like, why do I have to text you when, uh, you know, we're of an age where we would just pick up the phone and call. But now it just feels like part of the thing. But yeah. if you are not like that, that's great too. So, yeah. but I'm open to any, anyway. Yeah. Just keep me sending me the signals and I'll pick them up. Okay. Last question. Is there a podcast, a blog, and or an email newsletter that you find yourself recommending a lot lately? Yeah, I have so many. So I did think about this, and um, one of them is Whitney Johnson. She just gives so many gems in everything she does. So I would recommend signing up for her newsletter and for her podcast, and her podcast is called Disrupt Yourself. And it's just, I have heard of that. Yeah. Just so many great gems that I find in so many of the conversations. And it's about how we continually disrupt ourselves and jump to the next level of whatever it is that we want to do. So, and then um, I also recommend Brown Table Talk. It's with DC Marshall and Mita Malik and Mita's in the book and Brown Table Talk. It's about you know, getting yourself out there, navigating the corporate world, but especially from a person who it's a, you know, the brown, a brown lens, a brown. And so how, as a white woman, how can I be an ally and watching that what we're doing and saying and how we can support each other? Cause mm-hmm. I really believe that we can support each other and, and making sure that I watch the cues and how we can all grow together. So, yeah. so many great things from me to, uh, out there. And then two pages from Michael Bungay Stanier. So I don't know if you know him, MBS. So not the MBS, but MBS is his, and he's um, the coach's coach, essentially. Has so many great things. He's coached Brene Brown. So has so many great things that he offers. And his things are so digestible. He's, I really appreciate somebody who's really able to take bigger concepts and make them that it's quick and easy and something that we could take right away as a little snack instead of making it this huge big dinner all the time so i appreciate that kind of work i can't wait to listen to all of those and i will definitely put links in the show notes so that the listeners can do the same thing is there anything you want to conclude with in terms of bragging self-promotion and your personal brand It's really think about who you are. So that's the personal brand piece, really thinking about that. Then it's also, you know, don't be afraid to talk about your successes. Just try it a little bit. It's a step by step. It's just getting a little bit of courage and then saying one thing and then get a little bit more courage and say one Mm -hmm. thing and you will not melt by doing this work. You will keep going and growing and thriving. You'll see how it goes And, and amplify, amplify each other and let the world know how awesome you are. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really, really enjoyed this conversation and I can't wait to do it again. Thank you. Can't wait. Thank you. Isn't Lisa great? Yeah, I think I have a new friend. Now, as promised, 
I'm going to briefly summarize our conversation to identify some of the main learnings. Also, as promised, I'm going to highlight for you a couple of tips that I share with my coaching clients when we're working on their personal brand and they tell me that they feel like they're bragging, bragging in a negative way when they're talking about the things that they're most proud of. Okay. The insight from this conversation with Lisa that really resonated with me the most that I think is going to have the most impact is this. If you are worrying about bragging, then you're probably not. It's actually those folks who aren't even thinking about bragging who are doing all the bragging in a negative way. So true. The second insight is that, as Lisa says, bragging is in the eyes of the beholder. This makes me think of two things. First of all, if bragging is in the eyes of the beholder, then when I'm accusing someone else of bragging or self-aggrandizing, then it's probably really about me. Maybe I'm jealous, or maybe I'm just being too judgmental. If I'm accusing someone of bragging, then it might be more about me. The second thing is that if bragging is in the eye of the beholder, then if I'm worried about being perceived as bragging myself, I really need to be conscious of other people's perceptions, the other people around me, thinking about the explicit and the implicit signals that I'm communicating. What might these people in this context perceive about me? Will they think I'm showing off? Or will they think that I'm simply establishing my credibility? Am I self-aggrandizing? Or worse yet, am I putting other people down? So, Bragging is in the eyes of the beholder. The third insight that I want to highlight is Lisa's use of the word remarkable. What makes you remarkable? When Lisa and I were talking about how our society has shifted from the individual to the collective and now back to the individual, it leads us all to a competitive mindset. It's threatening. As Lisa said, it's all about the scarcity mindset. We have to challenge ourselves to realize it's really about abundance. We just have to show and articulate how we are different in the world or how we're remarkable. Here's how I'm different. This thinking integrates beautifully with one of the key strategic principles or tenets of personal branding that I preach all the time. And that is, unique is better than better. In other words, it's not about competition. It's not about scarcity. It's about what makes you unique. And I love Lisa's focus on this in terms of asking yourself, what makes me remarkable? So those are the three key insights from this interview that I want to reinforce with you. One, if you're worried about bragging, then you're probably not bragging. Two, bragging is in the eye of the beholder. And three, focus not on being better, but on being unique or remarkable. Thanks again to Lisa for so generously sharing her insights. And I honestly cannot wait to read her book, Bragging Rights. I'm also honored that she took time away from writing her book to let me interview her. Thank you, Lisa. Now I have two tips for you in terms of how you can share elements of your personal brand without making it sound like unnecessary self-promotion or worse yet, self-aggrandizing. This question comes up a lot for me, particularly when I'm working with clients to list some of their strengths, their expertise, their credentials, the things they're proud of, their superpowers. 
It's one thing to write these things down. It's another thing to say them out loud. I completely understand this hesitation. It became obvious to me when I was a student at Harvard Business School. Harvard is a powerful brand. And while it's a fantastic institution, I know that sometimes people think Harvard alumni brag. And in fact, some Harvard alumni do brag. We have a name for that. We call it the H-bomb. So does that mean that I should avoid telling people that I went to Harvard? Well, I also know that when companies are considering hiring me, that my Harvard education can help me establish my credibility. So here's my strategy on dealing with that. I tell people when I'm introducing myself that I earned my doctorate at Harvard Business School, where my research focused on interpersonal communication and consumer psychology. Do you see what I did there? I subtly shifted the attention away from the institution and towards my research focus. And of course, what I said is 100% true, but it sounds very different than if I had just said, and I attended Harvard. So that's the first tip. If there's something that you're very proud of that you want to share, that you want to establish in terms of your personal brand, but that you're worried may be construed as bragging in a negative way, then shift the attention or provide more details in terms of exactly what you did or why you did it. A second tip that I've shared with my clients that works really well is that instead of saying, I am an exceptional leader or I am outstanding at motivating people. Try inserting this little phrase. Three little words. Are you ready? People tell me. As in, people tell me that I'm an exceptional leader. Or people tell me that I'm outstanding at motivating people. Do you hear the difference? When you're sharing what other people say, you take off the edge. It's like other people are the source. It's almost like a testimonial. And of course, it has to be true. It has to be something that other people do say about you. So that's the second tip. If you're worried that people will think that you're bragging or self-aggrandizing, add these three little words. People tell me. So there you go. Two ways to frame your strengths or your credentials in a way that won't come off as negative bragging. One, shift the attention or provide more detail in terms of what exactly you did or why you did it. And two, preface your strength with people tell me. There's a big difference between I am a superstar and people tell me I'm a superstar. Am I right? And that's it. Thank you again to Lisa for so generously sharing her insights. Again, you can find links to connect with Lisa in the show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. And while you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk Communication Skills newsletter. It's like getting free communication skills training in your inbox once per week. Sign up on the website or you can email me directly and I'll add you to the list. Email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. I love hearing from you. Suggestions, feedback, and ideas. Bring it on. Thanks for listening and talk soon.